have an urgent communique for General Hux. Patch him through. This is General Hux of the First Order. The Republic is no more. Your fleet are rebel scum and war criminals. Tell your precious princess there will be no terms. There will be no surrender. Hi, I'm holding for General Hux. This is Hux. You and your friends are doomed. We will wipe your filth from the galaxy. Okay, I'll hold. Hello? Hello? Yep, I'm still here. Can you... can he hear me? Hugs? He can. With an H, skinny guy, kind of pasty. I can hear you. Can you hear me? Look, I can't hold forever. If you reach him, tell him Leia has an urgent message for him. I believe he's tooling with you, sir. About his mother. Welcome, rotisserie pork meat, to episode 194. Oh, first, too soon. Too first soon. order up. I'm Andy. <laughs> I'm Mike. I'm Joe. And we are joined once again. We are calling it the Toddcast. Welcome back to the Toddcast. Oh, yeah. Hey, Todd. <laughs> Ooh, wow. yeah. Snap into it. <laughs> okay. It's, uh, yeah, Todd, second episode in a row. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling I'm it. I'm feeling it. And it's the beauty stuff. is, too, this is not a musical-themed ep- episode. Hallelujah. I I'm know, ready. huh? I I'm know. ready. He, he, he's multi-talented. We've just finally found a, uh, a vehicle for his voice because tonight we are discussing the Disney-era cinematic releases of the Star Wars saga. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so we have, we have quite a bit to go through. Um, just in general, without getting into specifics movie-wise, um, what are your thoughts on these movies? Just, just your overall, just, like, elevator pitch feels for these movies. Very enjoyable. Fun, fun movies all around. Okay. Uh, a good direction for the overall, overall franchise. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, fun movies, really well crafted, in my opinion, and special effects are out of this world. <laughs> Get it? Yes. <laughs> ah, they're out of this world in a galaxy far, far away. I, I genuinely love these movies, um, and we, I, I, I'm sure that our conversation is going to be bringing us around to a lot of um, negativity. How many are there? 36. Counted them myself. 36! White male protagonists. But last year, last year I had 37! White male protagonists. 
Uh, Let's try to keep that on the on the low end. We're we're trying to be positive here. We are trying to be positive, but just to be on the safe side, I have a bottle of Sexton Irish whiskey in front of me, and I'm drinking it out of Darth Vader glass because I'm a god <laughs> because I am a goddamn adult. I have tea. Mmm, that's good whiskey. I got my so, seltzer for your inevitable sun uh, story. I don't know if you're ah, going to give us excellent. one. So. Uh, you probably will get it. Well, actually, okay. none, of, the, none I mean, of these movies, none of these movies were released at sun, um, during the Suncoast era. So that does not uh, that does not count out a, a Suncoast story, though. Oh no, I guarantee there'll be one at some point. Um, and again, if you're wondering why we sound a little funky, it's primarily because um, we're all we are recording this again on Skype. How's the... Uh, Thanks to the hellscape that is 2020. Yes, exactly. How how uh, how how is everybody's self-imposed quarantine going? With the exception of Joe and Mike, who still have to actually physically go to work. So just Todd. Yeah, just so, me. Well, and, and me. You know. And me. Yeah, but you're, you're asking, asking yourself. I I know that, but I spend all day today grading uh, virtual papers. <laughs> I am not um, joking. Um, That's actually um, what um, I um. did. And on the plus side, though, I finally hit the kill screen on Pornhub. So, uh... <laughs> so exactly. you have reached the end of Pornhub. <laughs> exactly. Question, Andy. How many times did you go, margins, margins, margins? <laughs> Never, but there was a lot of, like, that's... Why are you answering the question with the same question? Well, not, not, now that you've reached the end, now you can actually start reading the comments, which in themselves are pure gold. Oh, my God. <laughs> they They are... They really Hilarious. are. <laughs> Based on the joke that I just made in the fictional universe where I, in fact, watch every every piece of content on Pornhub. Um, <laughs> right. I, I heard uh, Pete Davidson say that he's watched so much porn during this uh, this quarantine that he, he can identify a porn star just by the back of her head. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. How's everyone else? Has anyone um, found, uh, discovered any new shows because you can't go out? I watched all of Ozark. That was really oh, good. And that's then, one of those uh, shows I've been meaning to watch. Oh, yeah, it's very I've been, good. I've been, and then, I've been um, told I must watch that movie, that show. Uh, recently, Middle Ditch and Schwartz, which is hilarious. So oh, I, I heard really that, should check that out. That just showed up on uh, Netflix. Yes. Yeah. Quite good. We've, we, um, we have been watching uh, – I, I, we downloaded the Pop TV app. So we finished Shit's Creek, and we've watched uh, all of Hot Date. And uh, The Last Kingdom just came back to Netflix, so we'll be watching that. And uh, What We Do in the Shadows is back for a second season, so I'm very excited. Oh, that is such a good show. I, we love that show. I told you. I, <laughs> I, I, I stand atop the mountain with my hands on my hips saying, I told thee so. The movie, that, well, it's, it's funny because we watched the show before we, we saw the movie. Yeah. And once we saw the movie, it just made the show that much so much better. Yeah, but you don't need to watch the, the, the beauties. You don't need no, you to watch don't. the movie to understand the show. No, you don't. No. So, well, getting back into the getting back into the Star Wars vein, about uh, forty-five minutes ago, I finished season five of the Clone Wars. Awesome! Awesome! Such a great season finale. Really, this, really moving. The well, Clone the, Wars is. Yeah, go ahead, Joe. I'm sorry. Well, apparently, I, I haven't watched. I, I haven't watched it yet. But the current season that's on Disney Plus is unfreaking believable. Everybody's just raving about how good it is and how it makes Ahsoka such a central character 
in the whole saga now. Well, I can absolutely I mean, attest to that. I mean, you can definitely you can tell that she's a central character right from you know right from the Clone Wars movie, which right. we're not going to be talking about here. No, because yeah. that was Disney. Yes, that was true. Disney. That is true. And the funny thing is too, because the movie is a you know is a steaming pile of shit. I'm amazed how awesome the TV show became. Uh, I actually have my own thoughts about the movie. But okay. Yeah. yeah. Did you pay movie money to see it? No. The state rests. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I'm sorry. Did somebody have a, a thought? Well, no, please? Just, just just speaking, you know, just to kind of follow up on your point about the, the, sh- the show, the Clone Wars TV series, it does a lot. It goes a long way to rehabilitate Anakin Skywalker as a character from this prequels. Yeah. Yes. It makes him a much, much, but, well, it, it expands the whole, like, every single character in the prequel series gets a lot more fleshing out in this one, yeah. in this series. So, absolutely, absolutely. So, um, well, let, let's move on to the topic at hand for the evening, uh, the Disney-era Star Wars films. And now, I do have some talking points that I included in our timeline here, but Feel free. This is roundtable. This is discussion here. And we're going to start with um, 2015's Episode 7, The Force Awakens. Can I bring it back a little further than that? Go ahead. Can we go to October 2012 when they had the announcement that Disney had purchased Lucasfilm and Star Wars? I remember people losing their goddamn minds. Yeah, I was Mm going to say, what, what was your initial reaction when you heard the news? What Did you guys remember what your initial reactions were? I was, I was stoked. I was thrilled beyond belief. Right. At, at I, was, that, I was thrilled, but I was concerned. It was more of like a cautious optimism, I guess, is, would be the way to put it. Here's the thing, and I, and I try to explain this to a lot of people that thought that the, that the Star Wars franchise was going to be mousified, mm-hmm. um, is that if the same studio that gave us the Avengers and gave us the Muppets is now responsible for Star Wars, I wouldn't want Star Wars anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, there really was no other place that it would have gone, because, I mean, George Lucas has always had a great relationship with the Disney company. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Going back to uh, Star Wars. Yeah, 1980... Mm-hmm. Nine. Nine? Six. No, it? it was 86. Yeah, it wasn't like the mid-80s, yeah. It was 86 because I remember I we went to Disneyland in 87, and the ride was still so fresh and new. It was a three-and-a-half-hour wait, and my sainted mother just stood in line while my sister and I did whatever the fuck we were doing. <laughs> and then I was blown away by Star Tours. Yep. But yeah, I, I was so happy shoot that disney had that um and then you know it was interesting too because i remember i I remember the day very distinctly which is weird it's like my kennedy assassination moment where um i saw the cast because i remember i was waiting for my car to be inspected i was sitting in the garage the, the the garage where they were inspecting my car and i um i saw the cast list pop up on on a news on a news thing on my phone and I'm looking at it like, oh, this is an interesting cast. I'm not familiar with most of these people. I didn't know who Daisy Ridley was. I didn't know who John Boyega was. 
Um, you know, I knew who yeah, Oscar, I know Isaac, who Oscar was. Isaac was. He was like, okay. Well, Oscar Isaac had actually been kicking around for a while. He had done, um, what's that? But he, he was, Todd's going to know was, the name of this movie. Uh, Inside Llewellyn Davis. Inside Llewellyn Davis. He's, yeah, but he was he wonderful. Wasn't, he, wasn't a main, he wasn't a mainstream star. No, no. He was a very much an indie kind of darling, but he wasn't like Hollywood royalty. Right. Oh, but that hair. Oh, so yeah. handsome. <laughs> but, um, I remember I seeing say, that. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I would say, like, I mean, besides, like, besides, like, Max von Sydow, the only, the real only name that had any kind of, uh, you know, fan recognition was Domhnall Gleeson because of the Harry no, Potter movies. Andy yeah, Serkis, Harry Potter too. Movies, yeah. Oh, Andy, Andy Serkis, absolutely. Yeah, Andy Serkis. And then, and then with Andy Serkis, you're like, oh, what could that be? Yeah, you know, the, right. the possibilities were endless for that, for that actor to play any character. You know, and there were so many rumors and conjecture about who he was playing. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. But we, that, um, yeah, you're right, Andy. That that classic, that black and white photo of the cast, the table read, like I oh, it was perfect. Perfect. But then but then fast forward to the teaser trailer. The Thanksgiving <laughs> yep. teaser trailer. Oh my god. So many emotions. I threw my like... I threw my arm out of uh my shoulder out of socket by fist pumping so hard it, when I saw it. I was like, it was true, true story. Amazing. But I want to just go back to when the cast was announced real quick, because uh, there was a, um, a fan art poster that popped up and I'm sure I could, I could find it like really quickly and just text it to y'all. It, um, it's weird because, you know, we knew who the, the, the actors were now and then they tried to, um, they tried to uh, like figure out what they were going to play, and the entire theme of the poster was so Star Wars uh, prequely. It wasn't even funny. It just it looked uninteresting. <laughs> and then you know, then you get that for that teaser, and you're like, I love it, and I love this with J.J. Abrams movies is that he doesn't give away anything. No, no, he doesn't give anything away in the trailers. No, and you have to wait. Um, it's all just obscured by a lens flare, so exactly. <laughs> nothing. Exactly. But what and I loved we, about it, especially for the second trailer, oh, I'm sorry, Mike. What well, I, I mean, the second trailer was just that it was like you could watch hyperspace and you could watch the camera go around the ship, hmm. right? Which is something they never done before. You know, mm-hmm. it was the, the, the. I remember when when it was announced that J.J. Abrams was going to helm the new Star Wars movie, and people... I wouldn't say it was on the same level as Michael Keaton getting cast as Batman. Yeah. But it was... There was a lot of kind of like... Yeah. Because this this was around the time that Star Trek... Um, the second Abrams vs. Star Trek came out. Had come mm-hmm. out by then. And a lot of... There was a lot of backlash against, you know, you know, uh, a con character and everything else like that. So... So there's a lot of trepidation when it was announced that Abrams was, and you know, I remember, you know, hearing about all lens flare jokes and everything else like that. From my perspective, I was like, this is exciting because we're going to see a lot of new techniques in Star Wars that we mm-hmm. don't, we've never seen. Mm. Yep. You know, I mean, I'm sure we're going to, we'll still have the like the the slide, you know, the 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 white the edits the, and yeah. everything else that the the hallmark Star Wars. Um, uh, shooting and stuff like that, but we're gonna see so many new things. Like, like Andy said, 
seeing a ship in hyperspace from outside, you know, you know, seeing the ship actually traveling through hyperspace, you know, a lot of new, new uh, filming techniques that we never expect to see in Star Wars. And that was exciting to me. Right. Not just the back end of the ship. Right. I'm sorry, Mike, did you have something else that you wanted to mention about that? Well, it's just like in the, you know, in the first uh, teaser trailer there, I mean, we didn't, I think we might have seen like R2-D2 and uh, C3, we might have seen C-3PO, but we didn't, I don't think we saw an, another of uh, the old classic characters. We saw like the new characters and then we saw the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. And Chewy doing that. Yeah. yeah. No, no, that was, that was the first trailer. The teaser, yeah. I'm talking about the teaser trailer. Uh, oh, the teaser, didn't the teaser trailer, no, the teaser had Han and Chewie. That no, was the last part. No, no, the it teaser trailer, the, the, it, the teaser trailer, trailer ended with the Millennium Falcon doing that, uh, doing the low fly the over flip, yeah, Jakku. Flip, yeah. Yeah. It wasn't um, until the first trailer was revealed at Star Wars Celebration that we got the Chewie were home moment. Okay, yeah. I'm glad to see Chewie didn't go bald either in the entwining 30 okay. years. Yeah, thank you. He's so, 400 years old, so. Yeah. yeah looks great. great. He looks great. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I just, I actually, I just sent over to you guys, if you have your phones available, I did send over the poster that, that I was that referring that to earlier. Was- yeah, and it just—it's unpleasant looking. It's like somebody oh, yeah, thought that this would be this would be a good idea because yeah, it, it, it just con- it conforms to very very rigid Star Wars roles, which unfortunately I feel that during the you know the the intervening years in the last uh, five years that this this whole thing started, people felt like that's what they were that's what they were owed. Yeah, that they were they were owed um, the continuing story of Luke of old Luke Skywalker and old Han Solo and old Princess Leia instead of introducing new characters that are actually going to be physically able to carry on the story. They got John John Boyega, Donald Gleason, and Oscar Isaac as Jedi, and yep. Daisy Ridley as just a princess, just, just like a generic princess. Yeah, um, you've got. Uh, I, I'm going to assume that Max von Sydow is Sith. Uh, or some kind of imperial. Yep. Um, and the, the my favorite here is Adam Driver in Mandalorian armor, no helmet, and like the world's worst bowl cut. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he looks like the son of Boba Fett and Mo Howard. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, that's uh, just not a not a good looking poster. So let's. Yeah, talk and they got bit. a shot of uh, of uh, Mark Hamill from looks like from Corvette Summer. So let's talk a little bit about The Force Awakens. Ren wants the prisoner. Turn here. Listen carefully. If you do exactly as I say, I can get you out of here. What? This is a rescue. I'm helping you escape. Can you fly a TIE fighter? You with the resistance? What? No, no, no. I'm breaking you out. Can you fly a TIE fighter? I can fly anything. Why? Why are you helping me? Because it's the right thing to do. You need a pilot. I need a pilot. Now, I don't need to ask Mike or Joe when the first time they saw this movie was because you guys were with me. Yeah. Yeah. On opening night, but yes, Todd, we did, were. Did, did you see this opening weekend? I saw this opening night. Yeah, saw it with my brothers uh, at the Solomon Pond Mall. 
uh, theater. And it was, it was right before like all those deluxe theaters opened up where you could purchase a specific seat. So I was there maybe three hours in advance and I was maybe seventh in line. And then my brothers got to go like, go to the mall, go shopping. And I just, I held down the fort and we got some pretty good seats, but yeah, opening (laughs) night for sure. Yeah. That was, I wouldn't have had it any other way. We we were, we were probably 30 feet from you. (laughs) Probably. Yep. I had, this is the first time in a long time I was like, I felt like a child again going to the movies. I, yes. I, I actually posted on Twitter, like, I feel like I'm five years old again. Because I was mm. five when Star Wars came out, and my dad took me to go see it in the theater. And I was just like, I, that, that's the feeling I'm getting right now. I am, I've never been so excited in my entire life yep. to see a movie. Oh, God, yeah. It, it's just... The, the build up and, and because you don't you didn't know what to ex- expect right right i was i was cautiously optimistic because of my distaste for at least the first two prequels you know i thought revenge of the sith again was better but still you know having rewatched them all i'm like oh this does not hold up like the effects they're you know all that kind of stuff so going into it i was like well it can't be worse than that right but I was I was so jazzed for this like it was it's unbelievable so I so was pumped very very excited um, and I also remember too here listening to the soundtrack I'm not you know fortunately they learned their lesson from uh, episode <laughs> one where they fucking spoiled the entire movie with a yeah. track title uh, yeah. they they did a great job of not doing that um, for the Force Awakens. And I remember listening to it and being so taken in by Ray's theme. Mm. Oh God, yeah. It's easily the best of the new the new character themes out of all of these. Mm-hmm. With a with a close second uh, being the First Order theme. Uh, um, I also I also love the misdirect of the uh, of the main poster because it's got yes. you know it's got Finn with the uh, lightsaber and just got Daisy with his with her staff. So like and you know all the trailers had shown that had shown that shot of Finn with with the lightsaber. So you know you think the whole thing's leading up to oh yeah Finn so Finn's gonna be a Jedi and facing out nope yeah, not quite nope. right not quite yep nope nope and that's again why the Chuds got all upset <laughs> white male protagonists a woman girl no Jedi no no black Jedi no he's not Samuel L Jackson. A black stormtrooper? What the hell? Is he Lando's son? What's going on? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, that like, was like, a big one. Like, 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 Lando's son. Yeah, yeah like, 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 like Lando's yeah, it's the a only big galaxy. galaxy. Yeah, like Lando's the only black person in the entire galaxy. Mm. Well, they killed the other the other black guy in the galaxy. The guy from our Return of the Jedi who was in, you know, kind of in the trench of the Death Star going, she's gonna blow! <laughs> <laughs> but... Yeah. I loved how essentially what they they it this is an unenviable task to have to come yeah. up with a story that completely forgets um all of the extended universe stuff that we we had in the last you know thirty some odd years of Timothy Zahn stories and you know all these other books and video games and and stuff that had built like their own thing but I I kind of feel. I kind of feel like the extended universe books and even the comic books got really, really un- unwieldy. Oh my god, yeah. Well, that, that's why they had to 
just cut um, just say they were all the legends now and had to because if they'd gone with that there were so many things that were contradicting each other and so many different to- stories that were telling off the same story but different angles and it was just it got so confusing and unwieldy that there was really no other choice and really some of the story decisions of the expanded universe would just just make you scratch your head well there were yeah. the three solo children I, and i'm I, so I, happy they got them down to one i.e. the Yuzan Vong. Ugh. Oh, God. Yeah, and Chewbacca being killed by the by a moon falling on him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Squish. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I'm so happy that they condensed everything down. You didn't have Jason and Jaina, the, you know, the good and the bad solo children Jedi. You just had the one child. It's easier to keep track of. Um... And, you know, a a real ballsy move on their part that that reveal that he's been solo happens maybe 40 minutes into the movie. Right. You know, like that's not saving. You're not saving that for the climax of the movie because you have something more emotional later. Yeah. For that, you know, for that payoff. So I I liked that. I liked that a lot. Yeah. I'm I just I I totally I, I really agree with a lot of their decisions that they made on here. Now, let me ask you guys, because the one the one of the biggest accusations this movie got before the fandom turned on Star Wars was that uh, Force Awakens essentially is a New Hope clone. No, never agree with that. Neither I, have I. I. I think there are elements of it there, but I don't th- I don't call it a clone. It, it was I always refer to it as like kind of treading similar paths to bring the fandom back to uh, the original trilogy. Well, I mean, yeah, it, I can see where people. I can see where people come from. I think it's an homage. I think it's a love letter. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a love letter to yeah. the original to a new hope. It, it's for it, people like me who, you know, in my, I, I wasn't alive when these original, the original Tridge came out. I was not alive, right? I was not born yet. <laughs> so my Star Wars theater experience was the prequels, right? And yeah. How disappointing for someone who grew up with Han. Luke, Leia, Chewie, to then go to those prequels. Like this is this is a love letter. This is this is getting me back, mm. and I thank them for that. Yeah, yeah. I um, I feel it is very similar to Abrams' uh, Star Trek. That you have to keep enough of what people are already used to, just to kind of ease them into the larger it, story. Well, it, it, tra- it trades in enough nostalgia that it connects, but it's not relying on it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think that... Um, well, the other thing, too, is I was when I was rewatching it, and I'm thinking to myself, self, um, the, A New Hope doesn't have the Maz... Cana- the, the Maz Maz's place scene. Mm-hmm. There isn't that thing where... You get the glimpses that they're that your that your protagonist, your main protagonist, is destined for something greater. Mm. And the the other part of that too is the the climax of that scene is that amazing land based uh, X wing battle. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah. But, but I mean, the, even the yeah, flashbacks, sure. you know, the the force flashbacks. Yeah, that was so cool. I, I saw that. I think I saw Force Awakens four times in the theaters, and that was the one scene. Every time, I just I needed to pay such close attention to because I didn't want to miss anything in those flashbacks. You know, 
Yeah. I, uh, yeah. The Force Awakens is the uh, movie that this that dethroned uh, Lion King is my the movie I saw most in theaters. <laughs> well, let me let me, is, let me ask you guys this: what What was the moment in Force Awakens where you you realized, okay, it, this is in good hands? Um, for for me, it was I I'm, I have it up. I'm watching it right now on mute. But it's the scene with I love Max von Sydow. I think he's a, he was a wonderful actor. It is the scene where Kylo Ren stops the blaster bolt mid, yes. you know, mid frame, and and they walk around it. I was like, okay, this is this is gonna work. Like that was see, it for me. See, for me, it's the scene right after that when he's grilling uh, uh, Poe. So who talks first? You talk first. I talk first. The old man gave it to you. It's just very hard to understand you with all the. Search Yeah, yeah, we're we're in good hands. This is this is Star Wars right here. Yep. Joe, I was gonna say the exact same thing. Um, it actually t- it ties in with Todd as well. That 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 scene on the whole is just it's. I, I felt I felt like I was being introduced to something brand new, but something very familiar at the same time. In fact, I think yeah. and Mike, you may have been with us as well with this part. When when Kylo stops that that laser bolt, I think we all had like that. Oh, yeah. Because like that's again that's something we've never seen in Star Wars. Right. I mean we see. I mean we've seen Darth Vader actually block a blaster bolt with his hand, but to actually freeze one in midair is like oh oh yeah that's cool. And the, the fact that he's able to maintain that without even have to like hold his hand out the entire time. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah that's the real deal. It's a, yeah, it's only when he walks away and breaks his concentration that okay, the blaster bolt finally lets go. Ah, yeah, it's it. I I, I knew from that point that yes, we were in, in great hands. Um, I, I mean, I mean another part would be the. Uh, I mean, we saw it in the teaser, but the uh, the battle above Jakku. I mean, mm-hmm. we'd never seen like a dogfight that close over a planet before, had we? I mean, we no. saw like the Battle of Hoth, but not with like the Millennium Falcon and X wings. You were yeah, exactly. You weren't dealing with starships. You were dealing with land based speeders. Yeah. And, and Empire. Now, did you guys notice that there isn't a single actual space fight in this entire movie? No, there all isn't. All of all of the um. Like all the X-wing action and the Millennium Falcon, they're all land-based battles. Right. Well, yeah. Atmosphere. The only thing you have is the, the tie escape with uh, Finn and Poe. Right. That's the only uh, thing that, that happens in space. Yeah. It wasn't exactly a dogfight though. That was just more of yeah, a. Yeah, but there's uh, lasers and there's there's explosions. There's out, there's outer space. There's outer space there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really enjoy too because we don't see you don't really get that good of a view of the inside of a Tie Fighter outside of just like the regular cockpit. Yeah. So it's kind of neat to have like the gunner station on there and. Hmm. In all honesty, it was really nice to kind of see more of an interior of the Millennium Falcon too. I mean, they had the basic setups there. They had like the little waiting area with the uh, the chess table and, and the cockpit. But the fact that we've never actually seen where people sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, I've actually walked in the Millennium Falcon myself. So, I mean, I, I don't know about you guys. but Yeah, rub it in. I will. <laughs> Ew, dirty bastard, rub it in. <laughs> I, you know, in all honesty, 
I'm not even mad that the character that I latched my wagon to, uh, Captain Phasma, was just really such a one-note joke. Yeah, that that's probably my biggest issue with the entire sequel trilogy is they they wasted her. She, I I I had so much hope for something with her and they gave her nothing. But yeah, she belongs- which, is, which is which is too bad because in the, in the expanded canon she's she's actually very important. Yeah, right. But she does enter like that 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 exclusive league of characters like Darth Maul and uh, Boba Fett. That are, are dispatched pretty quickly. Yeah, but they all actually do stuff. She really doesn't do anything. Yeah, she was there. For, she was there specifically for that trash compactor joke. Right. Uh, at, you know, I mean, on Starkiller Base, which is a good joke, but like, you know. Yeah. I I love the fact that 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 whole thing about Finn having worked the you know sanitation. Yeah. That was his job. That was that was some great stuff. And, you know, let's get back to the secondary characters, Mike. I mean, I own, like, no less than 13 Boba Fett t-shirts, but did he really do anything? No. Well, I mean, he did... He did uh... Yeah, it wasn't him that caught Han Solo, so don't even... He just, uh, he, 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 he just brought the pack... He just brought the package that Darth Vader handed him. He did uh, <laughs> manage to capture Luke... Briefly. I am of the opinion that he disintegrated Owen and uh, Uncle Owen and Amperu. That okay. is my that is my theory. That, that's that's your, why that's Vader says no disintegrations. That's your he, head cannon. That's that's <laughs> what I think. Well, that's if you've the, seen the uh, fan movie Troops, you know that's not true. No, right, exactly. <laughs> oh yeah, I I really do love I do love this movie. However, it's just one of those things that it, placing it in like the overall span of the cinematic releases it's it's difficult for me because i i think there there are days when i like this better than return of the jedi and there are days where like you know jedi is 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 kind of a better movie i mean this is head and shoulders better than any of the sequels uh prequels 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 sorry sorry yeah i rank it above jedi yeah. I think it's a better. I think it's a better film. I'd rather watch it most, than, than Return most of the Jedi. Most days, yeah, yes. I, I, yeah, I agree with with Todd. I, I rank it higher than Jedi. And yeah. what, I, what, I I, love, I just, what I love about this, like again, I was not born yet when the original came out. I grew up with those characters. To see them build the character dynamics and the the uh, the chemistry between the three leads of this movie, plus Adam Driver, like it's 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 amazing what they were able to do in this mm-hmm. one movie. So that that is what really did it for me. You know, they had the humor, it had the action, it had the effects, John Williams, all that kind of stuff. But those three characters had such uh, an impact on me that I think that's why I place it above something like Jedi, which feels emotionally kind of devoid of, of you know, it's just it, it just is what it is. It's there to tie things up. I eh, see. I, I still put uh, Jedi above this one because Je- Jedi's. Until I saw the special edition, uh, special edition of the original Star Wars in theaters, Jedi was my favorite of the original trilogy. Yeah. yeah, if you take Jedi rocks out of it, we'll talk. But <laughs> oh, well, I'm, yeah, I'm, talking, I'm talking about the original, unedited, original, but, original. But, yep. The yeah. Thing, the thing, well, the thing is, the thing, the reason I, I rank this above Jedi is just because it gives me all that Star Wars goodness, but in a modern wrapping. 
Because yes. as much as I love Return of the Jedi and, and, and the, the original trilogy, a lot of it looks very dated compared to what's available now. If, 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 that, if that makes kind of sense. Like, like, I love the X-Wing fights in The Force Awakens. Just because it gives you get so many new angles and and the way the X wings are moving through the, through the uh, the atmosphere and stuff like that is like, you know, for an anime fan like me, and I'm sure Mike would understand. For like an anime fan like me, the aerial the aerial shots of the X wings, the way they fight, was just that was like I can't, you know, that was like cocaine right th- up my nose for me. <laughs> <laughs> just like tap it into my veins, like something straight out of Gundam Wing. Yeah, basically, or, or Macross. Yeah. Like, something out of Macross. And yeah. Which I absolutely love. Like, like the entire chase scene of of the, the TIE fighters chasing the, Mil- the Millennium Falcon on Jakku. I mean, that just, that was just, oh, that was so good. That was so, so awesome. And you and you saw nothing like that. You see nothing like that in any of the trilogies, the original yeah. trilogy. Or in the sequel trilogy, for that matter. Even the prequel? Uh, yeah, the prequel. I'm sorry. Even in the, yep. even in the prequel trilogy, you don't see the kind of things that you saw in the sequel trilogy. Yeah, I think but some this, of this, this movie. Go ahead. I was just gonna say that the photography in this movie, that that there's that scene of the of the three Tie Fighters, like being backlit by the sun. Mm-hmm. I had that as like my Facebook wallpaper forever. Yeah. That, I mean, there are some really gorgeous shots in this movie. Absolutely, without a doubt. Oh yeah, the X the X wing the X wings on Taco Dana with the um, with the the Martian resistance. Oh yeah, I mean, and just, skimming right over the water there. Oh god, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, it, I, it takes what what it does for me is it takes the grittiness of the original trilogy with some of the the CGI advances that the sequel trilogy made that weren't good enough at the time. You go back and watch some of those, they're, they're God awful effects, right? Yeah. So you have more practical effects in this, but a perfected CGI, which I think really works for this. So just my opinion. Well, it's, it's a good opinion. Now with, uh, Vader, sorry, with, uh, Kylo killing Han. Did, I mean, you knew it was coming. But I still jumped when it happened. Oh, it's it's still it's still a gut punch. No matter how many times I've seen it, I, it's still a gut punch. Just because there was so much emotion in that scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I I I have to say that Adam Driver's acting in that sequence is probably some of the best acting in the entire uh, Star Wars saga. I mean, to be fair, not just Adam Driver, but Harrison Ford as well. I mean, we have never seen Han in this kind of position before. Th- this right. is the first time we've seen Han really, I mean, outside of Leia, this is the first time we've really seen him show any kind of really caring emotion towards any character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, Adam Driver, I mean, he's like, you know, oh, he kills I, I, know, I know what I have to do, but I don't know if I have the strength to do it. And you're thinking to yourself, Oh my God! He's gonna walk, he's gonna turn light side. You don't know what's gonna happen. Mm. Yeah, it's you know, it, there's, it, there's it, that brief moment of hope. It's an is, amazing thing. It really is an amazing the, actually, uh, scene. That yeah, I mean that whole scene. I mean, and the fact like the I think the connection that 
Han and Ben have right before Ben kills him. I don't think if I think if he had just like out and out killed him without that kind of connection, I don't think we'd have we'd have the finale that we do in uh, Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Just going, you know, skipping ahead a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Way to spoil it, Mike. <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast, you nod. For being I should hope to hell. I should hope to hell you've seen all of these. Yeah. So yeah, I I really do love this one. Are you guys ready to move on to the next one? Yeah. So, yes. Um, yeah, so we, we've been evaluating how long it's taking us to discuss these. So uh, do you remember earlier when I said we're doing the entire Disney era? Uh, we're going to actually just do the sequel trilogy, and we will handle uh, the Star Wars stories of Rogue One and Solo on, on another episode, yeah. I think. We could add the Mandalorian to that, too. We could add the Mandalorian to that. Those two. We, we very well could. We very well could because of just... Just a lot of, like, prevailing thoughts, conflicting thoughts on them. But let's move on to Episode 8, released in uh, 2017, Star uh, The Last Jedi. Master Skywalker, we need you to bring the Jedi back because Kylo Ren is strong with the dark side of the Force. Without the Jedi, we won't stand a chance against him. What do you know about the Force? It's a power that Jedi have that lets them control people and make things float. Impressive. Every word in that sentence was wrong. Lesson one, sit here, legs crossed. The Force is not a power you have. It's not about lifting rocks. It's the energy between all things, the tension, the balance that binds the universe together okay but what is it close your eyes breathe now reach out I feel something you feel it yes I feel it that's the force really wow it must be really strong oh, with you I've never felt anything Oh my God, so good! There Such are, in, in 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 the grand and and this is my opinion, in the grand scheme of Star Wars, A New Hope is, is you cannot classify A New Hope as anything other than the standard bearer. It is it is what it is. It should never honestly be compared to any of the other movies, even if you like the other movies better, uh, oh. which is my point. Um, it just it it it, it just defies comparison. With that said, there are two stone cold classics in the in the Star Wars. Um, I guess what, what would you call the it? Star Nine, Wars canon. The Star, Wars, Star canon. Wars canon. Yes, in the in the Skywalker saga, as it has been known, there were two stone cold classics. The first one is The Empire Strikes Back, and the second one is The Last Jedi. Oh, but that's not the Luke Skywalker I grew up with. Mm. You know what? Yeah, it, just, it is. It really um, is. You know what? I, I'd i be willing to even put uh, Revenge of the Sith in there just because of what it accomplished with the story. I, I, I like the story aspect of it. I think what would prevent me from saying that, Mike, um, and I, honestly, it's the best of the prequel 
got it right this time, the prequel trilogy. I don't think anyone's going to argue that point. There is, yeah, well, nobody's going to argue that point. The dialogue in that movie ranges from being competent to insanely awkward. Um, yeah, see, no, I, I will, just as a brief aside, I will take exception. Obi-Wan's pleading to Anakin after he cuts off his arms and legs. That emotional, yeah, from an brother. emotional point of yeah. view, I'll that, that. It, that was that was heavy. That was strong. And and all credit goes to Ewan McGregor for really putting the emotion on that one. Especially after that. watching especially after watching the Clone Wars. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'll grant you that and I'll also grant you um Palpatine's speech in the opera house. Oh, the yeah. story of Darth Plagueis the Wise. Yes. Th- those two are amazing and they are exceptions to the to the dialogue rule of, of Revenge of the Sith. I I kind of feel like Revenge of the Sith is kind of making a resurgence. It's just kind of a subtle fuck you to the people who actually love the sequel trilogy. I might be off base there. I'm not okay. a mind reader. I don't know what evil lurks in the hearts of men, guys. But... Well, there's a lot of love going, going around with the prequel trilogy right now, so... I just with Revenge of the Sith, it had if it had been in the, anybody else's hands as a director or a screenwriter, it would have been so much better. Well, that's, 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 that that's the, the entire the entire prequel. That's true. Movie. Just I, re, I remember on episode no, it was um, when the the DVD box set came out in 2004, and they had a a little episode three preview on there, and it was a, a scene of George Lucas directing Hayden Christensen and Natalie Portman. And it's in front of a green screen entirely, or a blue screen, whatever. And he goes, all right, Hayden, in this next take, I want you to be more mad. And Natalie, I want you to be more sad. And I had taken exactly one semester of directing in my <laughs> undergrad, and I was like, I'm a better director than this man. Yeah. Already. Like, oh, every, well, please, thing. Every, please every, get more out of these people. Yeah, everybody knew that. Everybody knows that. Yeah. Yeah. Lucas was yeah. not an actor's director. No. But Ryan Johnson is. And that's the thing. Yeah. Oh my God, Last Jedi was. Oh, if, if there was a, a as, as close to a perfect sci-fi movie as there as there ever was, I think Last Jedi is it. Um, I, I sit in awe. I really do. I, I, mean, I do. I do too. I it what he was able to do. I mean, and and and, and to think, he only he, he, at the time he only had two movie, two big big time movie directing credits to his you know to his name. Yeah, you know, and and, and to think and a of, handful of some of the best Breaking Bad episodes, as right? Well. And to think what he did with such a beloved franchise, and to do what he did, and it's like, oh my god, how it's it's it was genius, pure pure genius. One of the th- one of the words I used to describe the Last Jedi when when I'm talking about it is claustrophobic, and for that to be a good thing in a film, like. For a space epic, right? It, it, you have these three stories that all kind of converge in this amazing climax toward the end, but everything about it feels claustrophobic. You know, everything with Luke and then all the side stories there on the on the cruiser and everything like that. It just it it works. I don't know how he did it, but he did it, and it, it I love it. And somehow he made it feel every he made everything feel urgent. There's there's an urgency to this film that isn't in any of the others even in empire strikes back 
for a film that where not a lot of huge things happen. You know, yeah, I, there there was, are big it, things that happen, but, but not epic. like big. No, no Star Killer base blowing up. No, you know, huge battle with the Emperor. All of that stuff. There's not a whole lot of big things that happen, but it feels epic, and right. and that's why I love it so much. There are there are certain pieces of this movie that actually feel even more epic, um, and I'll go straight out and say the holdover maneuver. Oh, it's the kind of the, it's the kind of filmmaking that it had not ever been seen in a Star Wars film ever. That, the fact that they went silent. Yeah. And the entire that, theater was silent. Everybody was like awed by it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When when this when this movie has its moments, it has its moments. Oh, big time. Big time. But it's 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 not my favorite of the of the sequel trilogy though. Okay. Uh, I mean, I I love this movie, but there there are there I it does have some flaws that for me at least. Okay. Honestly, not, you know what? Please let let us know what those flaws are. I mean, none of us are going to talk you down from this because, in all honesty, in the last three you know two and a half years, oh, I've heard people's issues with this movie. Oh, yeah. oh my I've heard, I've God! Heard have I heard people's issues with this movie? It's this is the movie that again it is my you know taking New Hope out of the entire equation here. It's my second favorite Star Wars film ever. It is also the movie that makes me hate having to talk about Star Wars. This is yeah. This is the movie that makes me hate being a Star Wars fan, even though I absolutely love this movie and I love Star Wars. But anytime this movie comes up, it's like, oh, I really don't want to talk about this with anybody. I, I yeah, I think that I think that's the common. Um, the it's common like thread. I, I just I hate having to defend my love for the movie. Yep. It's bagging. <laughs> it's my rage. It's my rage. Oh! I'm a Star Wars fan. Okay. Sorry, I'm grabbing a cookie is what I'm doing. Oh, you got a cookie. I I I've I actually. I had to, I had to cut off contact with a, with a guy who I had, who was my friend, because he just would not shut up about how much he hated this movie, and it wasn't that he, you know, he hated the movie and he didn't like that I liked it. He said it basically for him, he hated it, and if you liked it, you were wrong for liking it, and that that is the, that's the kind of toxic fandom that I hate. Is because you know I I can like something that Andy doesn't like, but we're not going to argue over which is which of us is right. Right. We're right. just going to acknowledge. Thing. Yeah. But no, for this one, it was either you liked it or you didn't like it, and whichever side you were on, the other side was wrong. That that no, I'm sorry, that's not how fandom works. Right. And I've had all I have a lot of friends who don't like this movie at all. But they've given me valid reasons for why they don't like it. Um, if you if you use the word Mary Sue, conversation's over. You yeah. did not give me a valid your your issue with the movie is that the woman has power. Um, you know, if you need if you need me to sit and explain to you the whole thing about Luke Skywalker doing what Jedi do, you fucked up. Guess what? You go into hiding. That's what they all did. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, you know, 
I am fine if they, if you took issue with the fact that there's a lot of humor in the movie and you didn't feel like it it worked or it was necessary for the movie. You know what? I can I can totally see people who have issues with the Canto bite scene just kind of feeling a little like out of place. I loved it. I, I just felt it was more modernized uh, cantina scene. But if your Canto bite stuff immediately goes into um, Rose, uh, Rose and the actress who played her deserve to die. Conversations over. Mm-hmm. And you I, I don't. I, don't I hate mind. to say I've had these conversations with people. Right. I don't mind having a discussion or a debate about what worked, what didn't work. You know what what fits and everything else. But if it devolves into oh well, you know, like what you said, Andy, then yeah, I'm 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 out. I'm not going to listen to what you have to say. Right. The, the crazy thing about this, too, and I remember, like, about two years ago, like, some guy, like, started, like, trolling us on Twitter about the fact that we love this. And Joe Joe jumped in because, like, do you even know anything about storytelling? It's like, yeah, we do. Luke Skywalker can't always be the hero. If Luke Skywalker is always running into danger after 30 years of this, that's reductive. Right. That doesn't that doesn't build his character. He is simply an action figure that is there to pay fan service to you, dear viewer, because you feel like you are, quote unquote, owed this. It's it's the whole it just it it became ridiculous. And and the thing is that people would just not let it go. And it's like moving on. All right. We, We okay. We heard what you said. We want to look forward to the next movie. Leave us alone. Right. You know, there are still fans out there because that's the be- – the, the funniest thing is that nobody hates Star Wars more than a Star Wars fan. Oh, God, yeah. And it is it is crazy to me because the, my favorite thing that's come out of all this is, you know, hating The Last Jedi isn't a character trait. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's, uh, it's just – it's crazy to me because there is so much – good in this movie i love and one of the things that that like finn gets pinned it's like well you know he was a hero at the end of force awakens why is he a coward again did you listen to what he said he's not deserting them because he he just he needs to escape and save his own life he's trying to save his best friend right he wants to go after ray he wants to save ray because he knows they're gonna go after ray right oh Joe and I've been talking a lot about this. Todd, Mike, what do you think? What, what, what are your thoughts? I love this movie. I have two moments. Two, well, one moment, lack of certain Star Wars aspect that I this is I this is right up there with Empire for me, like you, Andy. But it is uh, Leia's Mary Poppins Superman move did not sit <laughs> yeah. well with me. It's the worst special um, effect in the entire movie. If, is, yeah, is, it's, it's is, really, if that's the only if that's the really kind of the only complaint I had about the movie, and I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm right, that. and that's it's why you know the worst <laughs> in the entire sequel trilogy. It just doesn't work for you know, regardless of the effect, it does not it does not ring true for me because they did not it 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 feels a little better after going through Rise of Skywalker and knowing that Leia completed her Jedi training with Luke, right, right. But you didn't really have that aspect aside from her force sensitivity and knowing when Han died that she was a, a Jedi, right? Right. And this moment, I and 
for Carrie Fisher having passed away a year earlier, I was like, oh, this is how they're going to have Leia go out. And it didn't it didn't ring true for me. You know, I had prepared it, it myself just, for that moment. The second she was sucked out of there, I'm like, OK, and this is how it ends for her. Right. Yeah. And I would have been fine with that, like as sad as that would have been. But clearly they had her set up for a larger part in Rise of Skywalker. Right. Right. Which they couldn't do. And the other thing that didn't that that I was missing from this was a lightsaber duel. Like an actual lightsaber on lightsaber duel. I really love the throne room scene. I love what they did with Luke and Ben on Scarif, uh, not Scarif. Well, mm-hmm. We didn't talk about Scarif. But I wanted a clash of lightsabers more than anything in this movie. And that's those. So those are the only two things that I didn't, yeah. that it didn't work for me in this movie. So well, 98%. Let's go. You know what the funny thing about that, that was, though, Todd? I didn't even occur to me that there wasn't a lightsaber duel until somebody brought it up to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't until after the movie was done that I was like, Oh, there was no lightsaber. Right. But the thing it was, it was I was soaked, sucked into the the throne room. It's like, oh, this is so fucking cool. Yeah, that throne room. See, what seeing those two move in in like tandem, like they were, that was actually a really. I, I actually I preferred that over a lightsaber battle, just because it showed like their their kind of connection without being kind of very, you know, without kind of coming right out and saying it. Well, the other thing too, when they when they first like split, when the Praetorian Guard are ready to attack them, the fact that Johnson went into slow mo, just did like that quick little slow mo, mm. and it wasn't ramping. It isn't you know that hack bullshit you know of of ramping a shot. It was just this one thing to prepare them for that moment, and I mean. But again, I, I, was, this movie is a filmmaker's film. This but again, is a it, storyteller's it, right. film. It, again, it was another one of those things. This was not a technique we've ever seen in Star Wars. A slow motion buildup. Right. But it worked. It fit. It was perfect for the occasion. Mm-hmm. I think also that, you know, stuff like the Porgs. I, all right. One of the arguments I, I had with um, a gentleman that, that Mike and I used to work with. Uh, was that the porgs were unnecessary because they were uh, they were just there to sell toys. Now, anybody uh, who hello. heard the backstory behind that was that the island is overrun with puffins, and it was cheaper for them to just simply draw over them than it would be to remove them. Right. <laughs> and I, I think it was it was brilliant. I love the the other day when we were, when I was rewatching Last Jedi, my son ran up to his room. He made me pause the movie. So I could, uh, so he could run upstairs and grab his stuffed porg, and then came the scene where Chewbacca had one on a spit. <laughs> yeah. There are so many neat little callbacks in this movie. I love, I love the bit with Luke, and apparently an incredibly foul-mouthed uh, R2-D2. Yeah, um, language. <laughs> yeah, la- sacred island language. Um... Where he's like, there's nothing you can do. You, there's nothing you can say that's going to make me change my mind. And he shows that. He shows the hologram. He's, oh, yeah. <laughs> he's like, yeah, that's dirty. <laughs> uh, he's like, yeah, not fair. What do you say? Not, not fair or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. You know, you know just, the, there were so many little callbacks. Like, the score in this movie is fantastic. Uh, hmm. the, the, the Just the musical cues and callbacks that they have with this one. Um... I love that they actually bring the asteroid theme 
oh, in God, when yeah. they're flying into the center of crate. Yep. Oh, that. And can we talk just how awesome that whole sequence is from when they realize when the, the Falcon, you know, you, you're thinking, oh, my God, something's going to happen to Rose. And then you see the shadow of the Falcon just fly over it. Oh, they yep. hate that ship. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh, yeah. Shoot that piece of junk out of the sky. <laughs> and, it's... I mean, yeah, and then, I mean. And then, and then Ray just having a blast, you know, you know, front, you know, shooting, you know, shooting the cannons and everything else like that. And yeah. uh, her, her lift the rock moment. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. It's lifting rocks. So good. I will say, you know, one of the things that I really enjoy about Ryan Johnson and, you know, his I love Breaking Bad. His episodes of Breaking Bad are the best in the series to me. Right. He gets great performances out of all of his actors. And this movie's no exception, especially someone like Mark Hamill, who, yes, Mark Hamill's a wonderful voice actor. I've never seen anything other than Star Wars that that Mark Hamill hasn't been playing a character of, you know, character of himself. Right. Mm. Jane Silent Bob Strike Back, he's playing Luke Skywalker. Yeah, or, yeah. you know, The Simpsons, he's voicing Luke Skywalker. You know, like this was this was something special for me when I walked out of the movie, I was like, Okay, Mark Hamill the actor rather than Mark Hamill slash Luke Skywalker. Well Mark, right? even Mark Hamill said that Ryan basically you know, essentially Ryan pushed him. Yeah. And pushed he didn't him agree to do, with the direction hey, of it. Think, so make pushed him to do or, or act in a, in uncomfortable ways that he felt. Well, this isn't Luke Skywalker. He's like, go with it. You know, right. this is the way, and 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 if you can turn Mark Hamill and say, okay, yeah, this is yeah, he made me uncomfortable, but it worked. And we also got Yoda back, <laughs> which was wonderful and very welcome. So it is time for the Jedi Order to end. Time it is. <laughs> for you to look past a pile of old books. The sacred Jedi texts. Oh, read them, have you? Well, I page turners, they were not. Yes, yes, yes. Wisdom they held, but that library contained nothing that the girl Ray does not already possess. Yeah, I, I love that. And you know what? And this is something that we didn't really bring up that much when we were talking about Force Awakens, but. The sequel trilogy did a fantastic job bringing back a a very large amount of practical effects. Mm. Yes, to these movies. I mean, there are certain things that needed to be digital, but there were a lot of practical effects in uh, Force Awakens. There's tons here, including the fact that Yoda is a physical puppet again. Yeah. Yes. Yes, and somehow they made it work. Whereas for some reason they couldn't make a, a practical puppet work in the prequel trilogy. Oh, God. 
That that thing. That young Yoda puppet. Ugh. Ugh. <sighs> yeah, he didn't need to be that young. It's, it was only 20 years. <laughs> For a 900-year-old creature, 20 years yeah. really doesn't matter. <laughs> exactly. We've seen how slow they age, too. Now, yeah. now we've seen how slow they age. Yeah, no, that is that is absolutely it was brutal. Um, but the the just the effect of Yoda, I was so happy. Not only was I happy with that, but I was also happy too with just how irreverent he was to Luke. Yes, this is Empire Strikes Back Yoda. This is the Yoda yeah. that that you know that we first meet. That he's fight, you know, he's fighting for a a, a, a flashlight with with R two. You know, this right. is Yoda that everybody first meets. So. I'm sorry, go ahead, Mike, sorry. Well, I mean, not only that, but like, you know, like I said, I've been watching through the Clone Wars and seeing Yoda kind of like from the very first episode to where he is at the end of season five, where he's kind of, he, he's he's realizing that the Yajani order is not where it needs to be. We're not where it was supposed to be. And this is kind of the, this, you know, the Force Ghost Yoda is the is the Yoda that realizes no this is where the Jedi Order was supposed to go to this was you know this is you know beyond good and evil this is just where it is and where it needs well, to be well Luke's Luke's speech to Rey about how the Jedi Order let everything happen in the Clone Wars under their nose is basically what the Clone Wars TV series is trying to tell you mm. you know. Everything Luke said was right. If you watch the Clone Wars TV series, everything he says is right. The Jedi Order was blind to the threat of Darth Sidious. But yeah, yeah, yeah. and the fact that Luke says Darth Sidious instead of Emperor Palpatine, I love yeah. that. Yeah. For as much as I don't like the prequels, I was like, good. You should acknowledge that they exist. You can't. And that's another. And that's another. You can't wipe another, them out. Right. And that's another thing that the sequel trilogy, sequel trilogy does very well. Is it connects all three eras together? Right. Yeah. It it could have been very very easy for them to have just skipped it entirely. Right. Mm. But the fact that they like you said, he brings up Darth Sidious. They bring you know it, it, they 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 tie all three eras together as one. Say this is a whole a cohesive whole. Okay. Yeah. And I, I, honestly, for me, it makes the prequels better knowing the full story rather than just here here's part one and part two yeah yeah to have something after that makes the sequel the prequels better rather right yeah right um i just this 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 movie just for me just it checks all the boxes because it's well acted it's fun there's a lot of fun in this in this middle this middle chapter um Uh, for me the the best moment is just luke's little brush off the dust oh my god that that, that so was perfect so, that was such an epic move that was such an epic fu move if i didn't have you know if i didn't have the theater etiquette that i that i have been born with i would have totally yelled out give that shit <laughs> the second <laughs> it happened i mean the, the way i look the, the way i look at it is that was that was luke's young obi-wan move yep because that'd be yeah. such an obi-wan move to like yeah okay you know what i don't have now, time for you let me ask you guys this upon the second viewing did you actually keep your eyes on luke's feet yes, yes. i did yes. the, yeah 
Because Brilliant. somebody brought that up in the thing when we were leaving. It was, it was, Joe, like, it was, Joe, it yeah. was Joe Hicks. Joe Hicks yeah. brought it up. He's like, oh, yeah, as soon, I, I knew as soon as you can see, as soon as he moved his feet, he wasn't moving any sand. Yeah. It was salt. Oh, salt. I'm sorry. Because <laughs> the guy next to Ryan Johnson's cameo. Um, no, it wasn't Ryan. It was Garth, uh, Garth Edwards. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's, I mean, this movie just, it's just so good. It just, I, I really, I really love this movie. I, I, it saddens me, quite honestly, that it's, it is such a divisive movie. Um, and, you know, again, I'm, if you've got legitimate reasons, good. If you let me know what those are, fantastic. I just, I'll be, I'll be happy to discuss those with you. I'll be happy to discuss them. Just, you know. I try not to be a jerk about Star Wars, and I just ask that you do the same. Yeah. But it's so hard with this movie because people just people bring their own prejudice. This, this, I think this the, the problem was that for whatever reason, this movie let people bring their prejudice to the surface. Well, the other thing too was the fact that the, the reveal of Ray's parentage, which honestly nobody thought they were going to get until the third movie. Right, you know, people well, spent I, we two did. years theorizing this thing, and then just to be told your parents are nobodies, which I honestly thought was perfect. I thought this was like, yes, you know, yeah. I, I did like the fact that you know they they get they they revealed that through like through Kylo's kind of reading of Ray's mind. So I always thought that was a nice little way of leaving Justin out, just in case, like it's like. Was she? Were they nobodies because Kylo knew the truth, or were they nobodies because that's what Ray believed? I honestly, uh, I, I think it's what he. I think I think Kylo knew the truth because that's what Ray believed, but she had buried it so far deep down. Mm. Um, and again, this is another movie too that it it plays with the ability of the Force. It doesn't limit you to just you know moving rocks. Yeah. Or creating force lightning. You know, in the, in the last movie, we watched them stop laser bolts. In this movie, we see them being able to project across the universe. Or to tie two people together, almost mm. physically, to put them into the same space. Yeah. And that sets up the, all of the other force powers that you then see in Rise of Skywalker. Exactly. That you hadn't seen before either. You have a gradual progression of this is what the force can be. Right. Which makes it believable toward the end. And with, with Ryan Johnson, I love the fact that he was prepared for people to bitch and moan about it. He's like, oh, no, it's in this book right here. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. The dude is a true fan. Oh, and is. that's he, what I he was loved about this. And again, you know, going back to our old co-worker, Mike, um, yeah. he was like, that guy's an idiot. He doesn't know the first thing about Star Wars. It's like, yeah, he does. He just didn't follow what you thought. Yeah. You know, because that, that's been the, like the big argument with, uh, King, you know, Indiana Jones, the Crystal, King of the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I didn't like it, but you know what? I also didn't write that movie in, in you know, in my head for 20 years. Like, oh, it has to be this. Yeah. Right. And I think that Last Jedi, more so than Force Awakens, this movie was supposed to be something else that other people wanted. Didn't turn out that way. So you could either accept it. It's not it's not my story to tell. Or uh, th- you could you could demand that they remake it because because and there actually was a campaign to remake the Last Jedi and yeah. then Chuck yep. Wendig on fate, uh, on Twitter was like you guys have lawyers right 
I hope yeah, like I hope you guys have lawyers because Disney yeah. will come down hard on you. I think the reason that this one kind of opened the floodgates more so than the Force Awakens is because the Force Awakens we got like Leia and Han, but they were kind of acting like like we thought like we kind of expected they would. This one had Luke acting completely different than any of the books, any of the comics, anything that had come before. This is Luke, a Luke we'd never seen before, and it was a little bit harder for a lot of people to accept that Luke would have gone this path. I also love, too, the fact that, like, he's the anti-fan in this yeah. because, you know, he's handed the lightsaber and just chucks it. Yeah. But, oh, by the way, I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was um, too. I have no problem with it whatsoever. Because his response to her is, what did you think I was going to do? I was just going to hop in my spaceship and grab my laser sword? Which, laser is sword. Exactly, which is exactly what he said. Yeah. and But then you've got Kylo Ren, who is essentially doing Darth Vader cosplay. I mean, he, he's Star Wars bounding, Mike. Yeah. He really is. It's like, well, you're not allowed to actually dress up like Darth Vader, but... You can dress like your own thing that kind of gives you the appearance of Darth Vader. Yeah. And, you know, which is interesting because when he realizes... It's time to let old things die. Snoke. Skywalker. The Sith. The Jedi. The Rebels. Let it all die. Ray. I want you to join me. We can rule together and bring a new order to the galaxy. Don't do this, Ben. Please don't go this way. No, no, you're still holding on! Let go! Kill it if you have to. Finally, yes. That he finally just uh, gives up on that. I mean, he brings it back because of the samurai samurai inspired mask in uh, Rise of Skywalker, but that's another movie for. Like five minutes from now. Yeah. Todd, you've been quiet. What's uh? Any other thoughts <laughs> on the, on the Last Jedi? It 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 works for me. You know, it it, it broadens and deepens the character connections, and it, it the just the Holdo maneuver. That whole the build up to that is so perfect with all of these stories happening on separate worlds, separate locations, and then they all come together in this one gigantic, orgasmic moment of Star Wars fandom. And I just, it works so well for me that it just, I don't know, it just, it just works. Yeah, but yeah. Shouldn't, that, shouldn't that have been Akbar? <laughs> oh, I'm kidding. The, alle- the allegiance for the characters of five minutes or less of screen time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> from as long you know if they were in the original trilogy then they are sacrosanct if they weren't killed in the original trilogy then they should die heroically in the sequel trilogy i <laughs> don't fucking get it yeah uh, for me um i would say my only issues with the last story is that while i love all the humor it goes a little bit far I think like like that beginning part where like Luke, where um, Poe is just kind of you know stalling for time. Yeah. I thought that was I thought his com- his conversation with Hux was funny, but it, it it goes a little bit like you know 
it goes a little bit too far where it starts becoming a little bit too tongue in cheek for me. I, I felt, you know what? I, and I've heard other people say that as well. I, I felt that it was well within post character, especially because that's this movie's. So who talks first? Do you talk first? Do I talk first? Yeah, I thought it was just a continuation of the 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 cocky flyboy. Hey, I've got one over on you. You're not gonna, you know, you're not gonna win in this. I am kind of thing. I, 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 I like agree with you, Mike. I think the jokes are great. I think the 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 presence of a your mama joke is a little. A, a li- it take, took me out a little bit. Like I thought it was great, and I love Oscar Isaac, but that you know, I, the song for time worked. It's just the then your mother. The you know his it just didn't I don't know yeah. it didn't ring 100 percent true Star Wars for me yeah and and, and I I like Canto Bite I I think there were elements that could have been changed or dropped completely that there were it it didn't 100 percent work for me I would say it like 80 percent worked for me but not 100 percent okay Canto Bite works the 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 message of Canto Bite works for me. Yes. Yeah. The rabbit horses. I'm like, eh, like it's fine. Like it's yeah. a chase sequence. You need a chase sequence. I get it. But what what it stood for worked for me. Yes. And then you had Benicio del Toro, who's always wonderful. So yeah. Our former coworker thought that was he was Boba Fett. <laughs> no, no, no. He, he, he counted on it being Boba Fett. He counted on it being Boba Fett, and I actually got everybody in our store to say, yeah, that was because he saw it a week afterwards. And we're like, yeah, no, that's Boba Fett. That's <laughs> why <laughs> didn't help. Every single one of us. And then the, the best part about it was is that I had to listen to an hour-long diatribe where I was not allowed to get a word in. Yeah, um, he, he doesn't let like, No, 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 no. You let me talk. Uh, you've been talking for the last hour. No, you let me talk. And then, yeah. oh, and another thing too. That wasn't Boba Fett. <laughs> like you said, right? It wasn't. Yeah. We saw Boba Fett die in Episode Six. Wah, wah. Uh, wah, wah. So anyway, or did we? well, yeah, because uh, Dark uh, Dark Universe, Dark, Dark Empire was uh, is is um, le- uh, Legends, not Canon. Hey, hey, I'm looking at uh, Mandalorian Episode Five. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that me one end, of course. Okay, all right, we're to uh, to, to to wrap this up. Yeah. Okay. Well, last December we were uh, given the last episode of the St- uh, Skywalker Saga, Episode Nine, um, the Rise of Skywalker. These are your final steps, Ray. Rise and take them. Bring back the balance ray, as I did. In the night, find the light ray. Every Jedi who ever lived, lives in you. The Force surrounds you, Ray. Let it guide you. Feel the Force flowing through you, Ray. Let it lift you. Rise, Ray. We stand behind you, Ray. In the heart of a Jedi lies her strength. Ray, the Force will be with you. Always. So let me ask you guys, I had two questions here. First of all, 
Was this movie designed to undo The Last Jedi? No. No. No, no. I know it wasn't. I know it wasn't, and I it, it, it. I know it wasn't, and I know that's what J.J. Abrams says, and I know that you know Ryan has no problem with it. But I can't. Sometimes in the back of my head, I can't help but feel that it goes into fan. It goes into fan. Becomes a little bit fan servicey, a little too much. In the in I, the sense that. I don't want to say you know, it tries to undo The Last Jedi, but the amount of fan service it gives is like makes you think that they're trying too hard to win over the people who were turned off by The Last Jedi. I can see that. Um, I mean, I, I've I've poured over and scrutinized this movie just to see where you know where like the where it may have tried to undo things. And from everything I've heard, this movie, you know, everybody has been, there isn't a single person who actually works for Lucasfilm who had a problem with The Last Jedi. Mm. So I know that there was talk that, like, you know, J.J. was upset with, you know, what what Johnson had done with his story, even though he wasn't even slated to be the, the director of Episode Nine, It was Colin Trevorrow. Who apparently is a world class nutcase, so uh, who just merely got a story writing credit. Yeah. But I, I really feel like I don't. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Joe. I think that it, it did play a little too much into the fan service, almost like the what the people that hated the Last Jedi but really loved Solo mm-hmm. because it's you know again yeah. same, same former coworker. Solo was a movie that 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 was a movie a Star Wars movie should be, which is a love letter to everything that came prior to it. I don't feel like Rise of Skywalker is that precisely. There are a lot of callbacks. Yeah, there are a lot of callbacks. Yeah. But I don't feel like it was detrimental to the the overall story. No, no, it wasn't. And and. You know, I will preface this by saying that I absolutely enjoyed the movie. I thought it was a, a fun movie. It was a good movie. I watched it like four times, you know, and I still get a thrill out of, out of it. But there's still some story decisions I wasn't happy with. But I'm not going to sit there and shit on it just because I wasn't, you know. Right. Just because it didn't turn out the way I expected it or wanted to. I've been living by this mantra that it's not my story to tell. Exactly. Yeah, I have I have zero right to tell them you need to fix this because I'm unhappy with this. Right. Right. Exactly. I mean, I'm not going. I'm not going to demand that that J.J. Abrams get kicked off and you know that they bring somebody in and completely remake it and wipe this movie from canon. No, because I know it's not going to happen. Right. You know, that's and not still movies, wa- I will that's still not how movies it. work. Right. Now <laughs> still keep watching annotation. <laughs> One of the yeah. things that that uh, you know, like everything with the emperor, I thought was was cool. My 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 question to the filmmakers of this trilogy, right? Producers, directors, was this the plan all along? Right? It feels a little forced to me, and it feels a little haphazardly done to put it in the crawl. The dead speak, like yeah, where where has this been coming from all along? And it feels a little bit like retconning The Last Jedi, a little nice. bit with Snoke. Like, I created Snoke. He was a puppet. I get it. One of the things that I had read 
when they were starting to make the force awakens was that, and then Ryan Johnson was tapped to direct uh, and write and direct eight. And then he was supposed to write nine for Colin Trevorrow to direct the, the, the belief was that all three directors were going to be working together as kind of like a staff writing, directing team. That's what I had read before force awakens came out. And I was like, great. That means it's going to be a really cohesive trilogy and it's going to be, it's going to feel very natural. Obviously it didn't happen. Um, it, it just feels a little thrown together with the emperor and honestly, Carrie Fisher, passing away i feel like they were going to make carrie fisher have a large role in this movie so it feels a little uneven yeah i i like that they didn't just immediately kill her because the actress was dead right i felt like her her time to go came when it was supposed to um and that that's the scene that genuinely broke my heart in this movie it's the you know it's the it's the scene that kind of got me yeah. Was yeah. when you know when Chewbacca found out that she was dead. Oh my god, that just, that was so heart wrenching. Just to see, and like he's pushing people away just because he just like just leave me alone. I you know it's like I have to deal with this grief on my own kind of thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, even and for me, yeah, she, that moment is sad. But when R two D two is just there when she, when it happens, that that part was really rough for me. Um, yeah. When, especially, uh, I saw it the second time, and when I was out talking with my friends afterwards, I I, I couldn't descri- I couldn't get through that talk about that scene without choking up a little bit. It's it it was tough. I mean this this movie does have a lot of mo- of emotional weight to it. You you want to talk? I mean when we thought Chewbacca was killed, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I was legitimately fooled. I was devastated. Oh, so oh, so we we all were. We were like, I mean, there was an audible gasp when when the transporter blew up. We were like, they just they didn't. They they just didn't. Yeah. Well, I had also heard something too. There was a leak because there were a bunch of leaks for this movie that um, Ray had accidentally killed uh, Chewbacca, mm-hmm. and of course that just turned into. Well, if Ray killed Chewbacca, then this 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 entire series is dead. Blah, 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 blah. White male protagonists, and um, it's I'm, I'm happy that it turned out the way it did. I, I love the misdirection, and I love the way it happened. If it had to happen that way, you know, if, if that was the end of Chewbacca because Ray unleashed this otherworldly dark side, yeah. I would have been okay with it. I really would have been. It wasn't her incompetence that would have killed him. It was this untapped power that she just didn't know she had. That Kylo Ren forced her to bring out. Right, exactly. This one, uh, this movie is actually my favorite of the sequel trilogy. I came, I came to that realization. And much, much the way like that, Return of the Jedi was my favorite of the original trilogy until I saw um, Star Wars in theater. But just because it, it does tie everything up, and it is a very, for at least for me, it was a very satisfying and emotionally, you know, fulfill, fulfilling ending. Um, you know, uh, having you know the having the two uh, bloodlines, Palpatine and Skywalker, 
unite. Yeah. See, like I said, I, there, there's a lot of some of the story decisions I'm not I'm not happy with. Like, I would have preferred if they kept Reyes a nobody. And you know, I again, I have no problem with the way it ended. You know, the way it ended is the way it ended. It's not my story. You know, it works. They made it work. But I like the idea, and and that's one of the things that I loved about the Last Jedi is like, and, and something that Luke Skywalker tried to ingrain into Rey was like to say that the Force belongs to the Sith or the Jedi is is what was it? The, it's the height of arrogance. And again, to say that the destiny of the galaxy had to rely on either a Skywalker or a Palpatine, yeah. It, 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 I think they could have made it work just as well and just as powerfully if it was Ray was a nobody. I I agree, but I I do that I still really really enjoyed the fact that she was you know Palpatine's kind of heir, and and that can work. And it's like okay, you you reject your destiny, you 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 become your own person. Right, and like I said, you know the uh, the way. Johnson had put it in Last Jedi, left enough gray area that this was not coming out like, oh, let's completely redo it. No, no, it's using what was already there to twist it into a certain point of view. <laughs> a certain point of view? <laughs> well, Todd, you'll find that the truths that we cling to depend on your own point of view. <laughs> I... Um, I just I need to go on record. I didn't know any of you in 2015, but I called Ray Palpatine back when I saw Force Awakens. She has a very stabby fighting style that is reminiscent of uh, Darth Sidious in Revenge of the Sith. Very stabby. So that, I called it. I that called was it. one of the theories that I really really liked too. Was I, my my two favorites were that he, she was a grandchild of Palpatine or that she was a grandchild of Obi Wan. I would have been happy with either one. Really. I'm actually happier with the Palpatine one, um, only because you it's it's never been confirmed, but that Palpatine actually created Vader. Yeah, I, yeah, I had that's, heard that's that. the thing. The 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 Sith immaculate uh, conception. I like that theory. I like it too because it does it keeps her separated enough that you know she's not exactly a virgin in the force like 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 Anakin was um right. but i i you know it, it's one of those things it's not what i was expecting it's but i'm okay with it i accept it as the as as the way moving forward um i mean god knows she's not doing another one of these movies oh god no no uh, at i least mean not not in like not Anytime in the foreseeable future, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, 15, 15 20 she, years down the line. She has you know. had it with, with, uh, I, I well, say, she's had it with the fans. fandom. She's, yeah, exactly. She's, she's sick of it. She's, that's too bad. Yeah. It's, no, it's, it's too bad. Not too bad how her feelings. It's too bad that there's backlash for it because she's wonderful. In these oh, yeah. Movies. Absolutely she, wonderful. She was easily, she's, uh, for me, she's she's my favorite part of this entire series. I've I liked her ever since uh, Force Awakens. I love her. I love I love John Boyega. I, I love the core three. I really yeah. do. Um, Adam Driver is interesting to me. I like him. I would. I I honestly can't think of anybody else who could have played that. Um, mm. 
I'm not a I'm not a Ryla, uh, um, you a know, Raylo. a Raylo. I, I I felt like the kiss at the end was a little like a little forced. Fine, fine. I, I always felt that that kiss was more of a I'm alive yep. rather than I I really like you. Yeah. It, well, yeah. No, and I I see that too. I'd never found that they they were linked via the force, but not through matters of the heart. Right. I will say I will say though I will say that that Kylo's that moment when he arrived at um oh what, I forget the name I already forgot the name of the planet when oh, he arrives uh, at, at Palpatine's planet after he already turned after he turned to the light side yeah that whole sequence was awesome because that's when that's that whole part is the solo coming out yeah. That little, yeah. uh, he's got the lightsaber, he's got the Knights of Ren around him, well, he's, he well, just no, gives a little well, shrug. Well, when he, when, he, when he jumps and lands on the chain, you just hear, ow. Exegol. <laughs> Exegol, yeah. Exegol. When, when he jumps in the hole and lands yeah. the chain, he's like, ow. <laughs> and then, and yeah. then, when, yeah, then when he's got the lightsaber, he just kind of gives the shrug, like, oh, are we doing, doing this? this? We're doing this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Perfect. When, when, when she, like, reached back, and then... When she pulled her hand back and the light and the saber was vanished, that part and then he pulls great. it out. That was brilliant. I love that part so much. And you're right, and that and again, it's one of those things that that was set up in the Last Jedi. Yeah, yeah. I loved her scene also when she is, you know, she is essentially defeated by Palpatine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, she looks up at the scar and the the Jedi. Just speak to her. Finally, speak to her, and essentially yeah. imbue her with their abilities, and she's able to defeat him. And I, again, I, I still pick out voices too. It's like my oh, last yeah. viewing a few weeks ago. I was like, "Oh yeah, there's Ahsoka." Yeah, going back to the Clone Wars, they actually got a lot of the voice actors from the, like the, some of the Jedi there, and they brought them in. Well, not just that. I mean, Liam Neeson, Ewan McGregor. Yep. Um, I would have honestly it. loved if you still heard a motherfucker from Mace Windu. <laughs> <laughs> kill, the, kill that motherfucker. <laughs> um, another another real standout for me was um, Carrie Russell as Zori Bliss. Yes, the Rocketeer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, for, for me, my favorite my, my favorite moment in the entire movie is is that one little piece at the end where. Uh, Poe po and her look at each other, give each other nods, and then he gives that little tilted head, and she's like, no. No, it's like, not okay. happening. <laughs> and he's like, eh, give it a shot. Uh, my favorite moment of the whole movie, and it's completely nonverbal. That's a good moment. This yeah. might be the only the only Star Wars movie where I actually like C-3PO. I really love C-3PO <laughs> in this. I, and the funny thing is, too, I love that he's finally beginning to acknowledge how much they shit on him? Uh, actually, um, the it, my one like like I mean, again, there are a few minor flaws here and there, but my biggest issue uh, problem with this movie though is the fact that they gave C three PO a beautiful sacrifice, which they undid by the end of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, you know, he he gave up everything he was, and then hey, R two D two's got a backup coffee. Don't worry about it. And, yeah, it, mm. I think though at that point though he his his story had had been finished 
by mm. the time R2-D2 reloads his memories in there, yeah, he's not really needed for much else. I mean, I'm glad that they finally gave him something useful to do. Mm. Um, and can we talk about when the fleet finally comes to rescue everybody? Oh, God. Oh, yeah. The Avengers Endgame moment? Yes. What a great moment that was. And the fact that they got um, Dennis Lawson to come back as Wedge. Um, I mean, I, I, was so, I was so happy to get Billy D. Williams back to oh, begin yeah. with. Yeah. Who doesn't love a little bit of Billy D? <laughs> Lando Lakes. Um, Woo! He's just I, just... I really just enjoyed everything about this. The, the, the third act of this movie is some of the best battle sequencing... I've seen it in a long time. I mean, that's so much for like the aerial battles, but just the fact that there are horses on, on you know, running <laughs> on a star destroyer. <laughs> yeah, something that on its face would be would would be absolutely ridiculous. Except that it's in a Star Wars movie, so you're like, yeah, okay, I'll take, I'll buy it. Hey, okay. they're in the lower atmosphere. It counts. <laughs> but there's a horse loose on a star destroyer. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, but, and like I said, it, it's a fun, enjoyable ride of a movie. It's a fun movie. And, you know, like, especially the opening sequence, like, like how many of us didn't dream of Poe piloting the, uh, the Millennium Falcon? Oh yeah. my God. The yeah. light, the, the hyperspace skipping. Oh yeah. It was so much fun. <laughs> and, and then, and then when it comes back, back on fire. fire. Yeah. Well, he's apologizing yeah. to Chewie because every every time he tries, he's hitting stuff. <laughs> like, I know, I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's it's just this movie is is just it's a lot of fun. It's 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 not it's it's honestly the weakest of the of of this trilogy. Well, not for me, but well, not for you, Mike. Um, it's. But I still, if I'm if I'm grading, if I'm grading here, I still think it's better than anything in the prequel trilogy. Yeah. Might it's not as good as Force Awakens, but again, it's kind of floating in in the neighborhood that Return of the Jedi lives in. Because I have you got to wrap it up. Got to wrap it up. That's why I like it so much. I have a weird relationship with Return of the Jedi. There are days I love it, and there are days where I'm like. It's okay. Yeah, no, I'm with I'm with Andy on this because I'm I feel the same there I feel the same way about the Jedi, and you know there's certain things about Return of the Jedi that I absolutely love, you know like little snippets of it here and there that just at you know like like that moment when the X you know when the the shield is down on the Death Star so they decide to they, you know you got the 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 uh, you have Wedge's X wing and A wing and then the Millennium Falcon. Flying over the surface of the Death Star before they go into the uh, the uh, the tunnel, the giant gaping opening. Right, exactly. I mean, that whole sequence is all you know because of the sound and everything. The I love that. As a whole, there's days when I'm like, eh, I can I can take or leave the Return of the Jedi. You know, and I I think as much as I enjoyed Rise of Skywalker, it's fallen into that category for me as like. I can take it or leave it. You know, if it's on TV, I'll probably just stop and watch it. But it's not. I'm not going to go out of my way to see it. Like I will do with last. I will go out of my way to watch the Last Jedi. All right. And here, here's kind of my, my my closing thought on 
this, as well as like the, the prequel trilogy, because I, I feel like we've kind of just been talking down the, the prequel trilogy. Star Wars is like pizza. Even when it's it's poorly written and the special effects don't hold up, it's still pretty good. Well, yeah. yeah. No, like, I mean, come on. Let, let's, let's, I mean, let's admit it. Duel of the Fates is like one of the best lightsaber moments in the entire saga. That, that's why I always yeah. say you can never call Phantom Menace the worst of the prequel films. That easily belongs to Attack of the Clones. And and and, and let's just say let's let's just say it. Any moment with Ewan McGregor as Obi Wan Kenobi is at pure magic. It's gold. It, yeah. you know, it's gold. You're, you're right about that, Joe. It is absolute gold. He is he's the MVP of that entire uh, series. Which you is know, why with I'm, the exception I'm so happy he's of his, his series, right? With the exception of, of like some of Ian McDermott stuff, which is just phenomenal. Right, absolutely phenomenal villain work. With the sequel trilogy, this is a group effort. I don't honestly feel there's an MVP here. I think everybody pulls equal weight. Everybody does a phenomenal job. There isn't a weak performance in any of these. There might be a couple of like side characters here and there that have kind of like a weak line delivery. But you know, when you're talking about the core four characters, there isn't there isn't a, a thing wrong with any of their performances. They're all well acted. They're fun. Mm-hmm. They look like they're having a good time. And the special I'm, effects in, the, in these movies are, is top-notch. Five if you include uh, BB-8. Oh, oh I, I love BB-8. I love BB-8. You know what? I, I, I kind of just have to disagree with you, Andy. I, I think if, if there's anybody uh, who could be a candidate for the MVP, yeah. it has to be Adam Driver. Uh, okay. I was going to say this, Daisy Ridley. And this is, no, and, and this is because... Re, re, Remember the the general consensus when of Kylo Ren from The Force Awakens was, like you said, he is a whiny Darth Vader cosplayer. Yep. And it, I think it's you could easily point out that he's had the most emotional... His story arc really involved the most growth out of all the characters, okay. I think you could say. Uh, I, th- I think you could also... I think you could make an argument for, uh, for Ray, Daisy Ridley's Ray. Because uh, I think Ray has a very nice uh, story arc in this one as she, well. She does, but I think it's it's it was pretty much a given that since Ray was the central protagonist and central character in this whole trilogy, that it was it, because I don't. I mean, aside from the the, the Mary Sue accusations, I don't think there was. Uh, it, it's kind of hard to say, but like, like, like I said, I remember a lot she, of hate being thrown at Kylo Ren is like as not being a worthy villain. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, no, I agree. I, I, Hey, you can, you can really debate either one for, but for me, but she is still a viable candidate for me. I mean, oh, yeah. cause I mean, especially since essentially all three movies hinge on her. If she doesn't work a lot of these movies, a lot of this movie and, and we're not talking about these movies in the same fashion that we are right now. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, yeah, I just, again, I, I love these movies. I also want to bring up one thing about the special effects real quick. And this is just more, this goes back to The Last Jedi, something we didn't discuss. How good Snoke looked as a purely digital character. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Now, the, 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 the best is- way that you can weigh that special effect is the fact that a month before The Last Jedi came out, Justice League came out, and their special effects were muddy garbage. And it's like, this is a month's difference. How did the special effects get so, so much better in that small amount of time? Well, you know, it, 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 it's funny because one of the knocks against the MCU is their over-reliance on special effects, and uh, especially CG, or over-reliance on CGI. CGI yep. And there are very specific examples that you could point to in the MCU you know, you know, like in Spider-Man Homecoming, you know, some of the scenes in Spider-Man Homecoming and stuff like that, where it's fairly obvious, yeah. you know? Yeah. The same can't be said of The Last Jedi, aside from the Leia, you know, Superman scene. Yep. Where it's, you know, again, I guess it's because of that, that, mix, of that mix of practical effects and CGI, where... It makes you kind of you wonder at the fact that okay they're both you know from the same you know they're both ILM so why is one so much better than the other? Time and money, sir. Yep. Time and money. Yeah. Well, um, hey, well, the, well, the Justice League was done by Weta. Not oh, the, the Justice League CGI was done by Weta, not uh, not ILM. How is it that Weta's only good special effects that have still held up in the age of 4K are the Lord of the Ring, are, are just Lord of the Lord of the Rings trilogy? Not even the Hobbit, like just the Lord of the Rings movies, because Those they they relied heavily on practical effects for that. CGI was just used to augment the practical. Right. Yeah. Well, and again, that's the thing. That's that's the thing that the the the, the sequel trilogy has over the MCU is that the sequel trilogy you. And again, the CGI was used to augment the practical yeah. effects. Right. Exactly. Right. You know, a, lot the, the... a lot of the aliens in like Maz Kanata's Cantina or in the Canto Bight were practical aliens. Mm-hmm. Yep. They were as costumes. opposed to yeah, as opposed to the Puppets. prequel trilogy where most of the aliens were uh, green tennis balls on sticks. Right. Yeah. Well, that was the Star Wars sequel trilogy. Um at some point, we, we definitely need to discuss Rogue One and Solo. That will definitely be a separate episode. Yeah. So, I you know, just closing thought on this. I fucking love these movies. All three of them. Just love them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I don't think any of us are going to disagree with that. They're all still fun movies. Yep. I agree. Oh, my God. They are so much fun. They are so much fun. Yeah. So. So anyway, so you can find us if you're if you if you like what you heard here, you can definitely find more of our episodes at geeksalad.podbean.com. You can also check us out uh, on the Podbean app as well as on Stitcher, Spotify, uh, iTunes, Google Music, and iHeartRadio, as well as YouTube, uh, which you can get to just by using the keyword Geek Salad Podcast for the audio on this show. Hopefully. And uh, for our weekly video uh, retro movie reviews, which, Todd, you've been joining us on those the last couple of weeks. I have, and they've been a blast. Thank you. I have had so much fun. And um, now this episode is slated to come out uh, May 4th. So we will have concluded our Star Wars and we'll be moving over to another topic. But you got to watch the video to find out what that is going to be. You can also follow us on the socials at uh, Twitter at Geek Salad Radio. 
and on Facebook Eek Salad Podcast. And yeah, you can also, uh, we have t-shirts and other merch available at uh, Tee Public. Just use, uh, go to Tee Public and use the uh, keyword Geek Salad Podcast where you can get t-shirts, uh, pins, coffee mugs, stickers, you name it. And I have been notified that at some point we'll also be getting um, uh, masks, face masks. <laughs> nice. Because that is the world we live in now. How very um, topical. How so very topical. Um, one, I, I, I know we're closing it out, but I just forgot about one thing about Rise of Skywalker I couldn't leave yes. it without. Yes. The Harrison Ford cameo. Oh, it was really good. I, that was such a perfect scene. It didn't feel out of place, and I'm no. happy that he put some effort into it because that has been Harrison Ford's biggest issue. You can yeah. tell when he doesn't want to do a movie. Yeah. yeah. And I do, I do love the fact that it just came right back, right back around to that scene in Force Awakens. Yeah, it was, it was yep. great. It was absolutely great. Well, it does appear that we do need to make an exception after all. Um, M from Verbal Diorama got back to us kind of on the later side, uh, which is which is cool. This is what editing is for, and she wants to let us know that she has some thoughts about the Star Wars movies. Uh, firstly, the caveat that she has not yet seen Rise of Skywalker, but because it will be available on Disney Plus on May the 4th, she'll be able to watch it then. She enjoyed The Force Awakens and Last Jedi, but for different reasons. The Force Awakens uh, for being so similar to the originals and The Last Jedi for being so different. Visually, The Last Jedi is stunning. Force Awakens is more of a Star Wars film, but she more enjoyed the movie Rogue One, which is her favorite of all the new movies. So much, it'll probably be her first venture into the Star Wars uh, podcasting realm. Which means, um, you and I have known each other for a year, and there's one thing I haven't told you. I have the ability to use the Jedi mind trick. You will make sure that I am a guest on your Rogue One show. So... Next episode, which I'm assuming we will still be under our uh, COVID isolation, so it'll be be more of this fun uh, Skype stuff. Uh, <laughs> we are going to be celebrating the 20th anniversary of the PlayStation, the Sony PlayStation Two. Mm, so yay! we'll be we'll be discussing um, all of our favorite games, some of our least favorite games, some of the other cool stuff you could do with the PS Two, um, and we definitely for this one we'll definitely be opening up to our social media. Uh, feedback as well. I kind of wanted to avoid that uh, with this episode just because it the, oh, the Super it, Trilogy it, is ugh. incredibly divisive. So I just figured that, you know, we're best to just do this on our own. And um, we went plenty long without it. Yes, we did. So we'll definitely be um, hitting you guys up for uh, your feedback on the PlayStation 2 and some of your favorite memories when um, when we get around to recording that. So, yes, definitely let us know what your thoughts are on the PS2 on our Twitter, Facebook uh, sites. And, Todd, thanks once again for joining us. I, I, I really – you know what? I hate to say this because I know that you're probably itching to act again. I'm so happy that there is no theater right now so you can join us on these things. I appreciate that. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. I was going to take a break anyway, so this is just life telling me to slow down, right? Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, so, but thank you for having me. I really appreciate yeah. it. 
Oh, you're very welcome. We love having you on here. And hopefully next episode we'll have uh, Catherine on here as well as Jim. Jim was going to join us for this one, but uh, some stuff came up. So he can join us the next time. And until next time, I'm Andy. I'm Mike. I'm Joe. Go forth and be nerdful. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Talk cast. The galaxy is counting on us. Solo, we'll figure it out. We'll use the Force. That's not how the Force works. Oh, really? You're cold? Come on.